was going to move on in Revelation, um, but I, I want to just recap real quickly. If you weren't here again, you get the app, and you can, uh, you can grab that message from last week. I actually want to encourage, especially men, um, if you weren't here last week, download that message. It's very pivotal in where we're going as a community, um, as a church. Uh, it's it's a directional m- message, if, if you will. It's a vision message where we're we're coming as a people and we're heading this direction. And and we uh, so I just want to encourage you to grab a hold of that, um, Father. I, I just ask, Lord, right now, that Your presence, Your word would go forth, Holy Spirit, that You're here in this room, that You would direct us and touch our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've been going through Revelation. Revelation 6 is where we first, uh, where we left off. And, but what struck my heart in Revelation 6 was the very last passage. And he asked a question, who can stand? Uh, the great and the terrible mix of the end of the age, which we're learning about the, the pressure and the darkness that's in an age. But yet in the midst of that darkness, there's a great light that begins to rise up and come forth. And and last week, we, we touched the reality that God's end-time strategy is family. He's this, this light, if you will, his glory is shining upon family. It's right from the origin. It's not like this new strategy, but he's, he's actually emphasizing. He's, he's bringing it forth. He's actually releasing, he said in Malachi 4, 6, the spirit of Elijah upon fathers, meaning he's, he's releasing the Holy Spirit, the activity of, of heaven upon the fathers to begin to love their children, to begin to to raise them up um, in, in godly in environments into the glory of God, that, that that light would shine upon them in the midst of darkness. And it's this family unit right from the beginning, right from the garden, it was all about family. He, he said he created a male and female and in his image, right, to reflect his image into the earth. That's a, that's a powerful reality. If you think about that, you were created for the desire of God, but you're also created in the image of God to reflect his beauty. Part of what we do on the earth is reflect God to the nations. Adam and Eve reflected God to the, the nations. Not only that, but he called them to fill the earth where they would actually have these little Lincolns, McCoys, Hatties, you know, these little image bearers that come forth. And would continue throughout the generations, keep that godly reflection, that godly image into the earth. Amen. And that was God's first way. And now it's his primary way. He's not raising up just kings or even laws and decrees. And, and we, we see the church. But the main thing that he emphasizes is family. And at the head of that family, though, is the father. And the, the father, when I, I, I want to encourage these are just a couple things to recap. Fathers. Get a vision, get a garden vision, where in the garden they were cultivating uh, a resting place where, where the family could encounter God, amen? Where, where they have, a, you know, we have so many visions, we have so many things that we want to, for our, our uh, children to experience, our families to experience, financial, house, education, all of those things, but we want to get a spiritual vision. We want, the, the father is the head, he's leading, he's not controlling. There's a difference there. See, when we're a father, what happens to lead means you're going somewhere and they can follow you in that place. That's why Jesus said, you know, drop your nets, come follow me. 
or when he spoke to the father, he said, I want them to be where I'm at. And in the same way, I want to encourage you from last week to fathers to, to be leaders and to begin to pursue God and bring your family into that vision. Amen. But, but the reality is in the garden, it, he says that it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. <laughs> we, we women are like, yeah, we understand that. We can't do it alone, and so we need the support of our wives. And I, w- I want to mention just one thing that the Lord really put upon my heart last week is w- one of the obstacles that, that Peter sees in, in the, the midst of a, a wife that's trying to support their husband to lead is fear. Fear tries to creep in, and he goes, don't let fear come in. Don't begin to operate out of fear, but trust the Lord. Have hope in the Lord. And when we do that, when we set our, our hearts again, the Lord knows your heart, knows your desires. And when we, we don't operate out of fear, but we operate out of trust, it looks dramatically different to come and support a husband and help him in that vision that he, is, that he has in the Lord. Amen? The second part, the third, with families is children. Children, I, I want to say this. Um, I wish I could spend a little bit more time because we have, we have children out here today. You play just as important role as your mother and your father in the reflection of God's image into the earth. I, I, want, I want you to know how powerful it is. In Malachi 4, 6, it says he's, he's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, but he's also turning the hearts of the children to the fathers. And when a heart of a child is turned towards their father, when it's turned towards their parents, when there's real love and adoration that is happening there, the, the real connection, well, that is a testimony to your generation. I would say it's one of the most powerful testimonies, not even just to your generation, but, but to all generations when they look and they say, wow, their son, their daughter has, has this love, this deep desire, their respect for their parents. And that is a testimony. It's a reflection of God in the earth. Amen. Amen. This morning, though, I want to I want to continue from that place, and I I want to I want to motivate us as fathers, but not just fathers, um, really, as even individuals, to not just have a vision. Right when we have a vision, it's saying where we're going, and and people can can follow that. Our families can follow that. But I I want to talk about the culture that our families hold. You know, a- every nation, you walk to different nations and you experience their culture. As soon as you walk in, whether uh, if you've been to Germany, you can see the way they dress, the way they act, the way they respond to you. There's, there's a culture. You know it right away. Uh, when we go to Greece, there's a whole nother culture. They have this whole, a whole nother feeling, atmosphere. And in every nation, you can begin to feel the different cultures, their, their norms that they hold to. When you, but, but even beyond that, or even uh, a little bit at smaller scale, every city has their culture. There's a different feeling when you go to Traverse City than when you go to Manson, isn't there? You, you can feel the difference when you go to Chicago, when you go to Detroit. There's, there's these different cultures. And then ev- e- as we even get a little bit more narrow, every family. Every church, every individual, there's a culture, if you will, that they carry. When you walk into our house, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have a, a different feeling. You're gonna you're gonna feel the culture of our house of 
of the way that we live, and that's probably going to be different than the previous house. If you go to the Woods house, you're going to feel a different culture. If you go, you know, to Matt and Emily's house, you feel there's these there's this different reality that the atmosphere is different in each one. And and I want to encourage us this morning that not just to have a vision of where we're going, but to have a godly kingdom culture that reflects God into the earth. I think one of the most powerful witnesses into the earth is the culture. It's, it's, it's the feeling. It's, it's the reflection that you bring from your family or individual that people are experiencing. Amen. I believe one of the primary ways to influence your culture is the values that you hold. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through us this morning and, and really creating values that impact and shift our culture in a kingdom way. Matthew 5.13, the, the Sermon on the Mount, is one of the, the clearest pictures of this. It is, it is the culture of the kingdom. And so if you'll turn to Matthew 5.13, he... He goes through in verse 13, he says, you are, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Verse 14, look at, look at the language that he's using in this. He goes, you are the light of the world. Who, who's the light of the world? This room, you. This, this is interesting because he doesn't say, Jesus, in this, Jesus is speaking. He doesn't say Jesus is the light of the world. He says, you're the light of the world. That's Jesus in us. And, and Bill Johnson said this comment, and it's stuck with me. I've shared it a few times. He said, Jesus is not the hope of the world. The church is. Jesus is the hope of the church. If Jesus returns right now and they're not saved, that's not hope. <laughs> It's when we come, we reflect, we are the lights of the world, we begin to reflect his image, then they get saved, now Jesus is their hope. Are you with me? This is so critical. I, I, I believe when he's speaking of this, he's actually going through the culture of the kingdom, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's talking about the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying this is the way of the kingdom, this is, this is what the kingdom looks like, and he's calling us into that, these high values, he's saying, Begin to set these before your eyes, that you would become them, that you would do them, because you are the light of the world. When you set these, when you're intentional about them, how many know that you have to be intentional about your culture right now? Because there's so many things that are trying to shape your family. There's so many things that try to shape even your behavior. We have, you know, mass media, whether it's Facebook, TV, music, all of these things are voices that are trying to shape what your family looks like. They're trying to shape, and, and, and I know I'm speaking to family, and, I, and ultimately I'm really speaking to fathers, but the reality is this is for every single individual. Whether you are a single person, you have a culture, and you are reflecting something into the earth, and God calls you the light of the world, so we want to be intentional about that culture that people are experiencing when they talk to us or experience us. Amen? This is that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give its light to everyone in the house. We'll, we'll mention that in a moment. But fathers, if we want to look at the wording, the house. <laughs> he says, when you begin to stand up in these values, when you begin to, to be intentional and self-aware 
of, of the culture that you're bringing, he says it actually shifts your own household. We want to be leaders. We want to have a vision. But we all also want to establish a godly culture in our house. Amen. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. He says when you begin to do this according to, to the kingdom, what they do is glorify your Father. When your Father is God, when you're, when you're reflecting that image of God, and they see you, they see that, they begin to actually bring their eyes up to their Father in heaven. I uh, understand, we, we understand the impact that our culture, individual culture has on society. I, I want to ask the question, what is the culture that you hold? What's the culture of your family? What's the, what's the culture that you have? If you, do, you, do you ever wonder, what do people experience when they come into your house? After they have a conversation or relationship with you, what is it that they feel? What, are they seeing a reflection of the kingdom? Are they seeing the beatitudes? And I, I want to encourage you this morning, if, if you're saying, I, I, I don't know the culture. I, w- I want us to, to be aware of the culture. And if you're saying, I don't know if I like the culture that people are experiencing. The good news is we can change that. <laughs> culture can be shifted. Fathers, we have to be intentional. See, culture culture is going to happen no matter what. But if we, if we are intentional, we can actually shape the culture that people are experiencing in our homes. And that's why right in the mix of this, he has the Beatitudes. I, uh, you know, when I talk about culture, when I, when I talk about values, we look at l- the larger ones, the things that we do, and we see that through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He calls us into the prayer, the fasting. He calls us into a love for the word. He calls us into church. When I asked my, my children, I said, what, what do I value? What, what do I ha- hold at high importance? Because I, I believe what we value, according to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, what we set our eyes upon is what we become. That's what, what we are holding at high importance, and that's the values. That, that very reality will determine our actions. And he, and he says, and let's just turn for a ma- moment, Matthew 6, 19. He goes, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, their heart, your heart will also be. He goes, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. He goes, what you begin to set before you, the treasure, what, what you highly value, what, what you begin to pursue, he says, that will shift your whole home. That will actually shift who you are. Are you with me on this? He's saying this again, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, okay, what I want you to pursue is humility, meekness, peacemaker. What I want you to pursue is, is integrity in the word. What I want you to pursue is forgiveness. He goes, when you begin to set those as high values in your life, when you are intentional about that, he goes, it'll actually shift your, yourself. And according to the, the first passage, it'll shift your home. It'll be a light to those around you. You actually can impact the culture that's taking forth. But we have to come and we have to be intentional about what we are valuing. 
what we treasure before us, because that will shape what we do, who we are. These, and he, he looks at the difference. He goes, there's a reality of treasuring the things of the earth, or there's the separate reality, he says, of treasuring the spiritual realities, the things that the Lord would call uh, for us to do that are eternal, the eternal realities. And in this way, he says, set these before your eyes. And I, and I want to engage us really quickly in that of being intentional about what we value. I asked, I asked my kids a few weeks ago, as the Lord was putting this on my heart, I said, what, what do I hold as a high value? What am, what am I showing as importance? Because sometimes we have an idea of what we value. It's called said values. But what people see as our actual values. What we do, and one of the great, great ways to, to know is ask the, the loved ones around you. Even better is ask your children, because sometimes there's not the filter. <laughs> they really say what, what they see, what we do. And so here in, in Matthew 5, come back to Matthew 5, Jesus, his first sermon. He begins to look at behavioral values. There's, the, there's the, the large ones of what we do. We highly value church. If I say I highly value church, that means the actual values. If I go to church, that means I highly value it. Amen? We highly value the word. We highly value family. These are some of the things that we, we set um, in, our, in our family. There's th those realities. There's the things that we actually do. And I, and I think it's important, I look at this, that you create those. You're intentional of what am I going to value as a, as a family? What am I going to value as a father? I want to go a little deeper in this. And I want to look at behavioral values. I want to look at the reality that, that Jesus comes, the very first sermon he says, he sets it before him. He says, humility, right? to be peacemakers, to be meek. He goes, set these as high values. Because when you begin to do that, they'll actually shape the culture of your family. I, I want to encourage you. I, I believe being a value-based family, like setting these is more powerful than rule-based. When, when your family, when you begin to operate out of values, because we highly value this, we hold this. This is what we're going after. When growing up, one of the things that we highly valued, we didn't have this, we didn't say it, but we knew it, was family. My, my parents, I knew I was highly valued by them because they spent time with me, energy, money, everything on me, right? So there was, there was this, this reality of, of, of value of family. And so what kept me in the mix of that when I was tempted by, by so many things, and I didn't do it all perfect, but I knew the main thing in my heart was I didn't want to break relationship with my parents. It wasn't the rules. If, if actually Danielle is always shocked, she goes, you didn't have a lot of rules growing up. Like there, the, the rules just weren't there, but there was values. Are you with me? And, and the culture of your family will carry on through the generations. You know, I, as, as Danielle and I become married, there's, there's a culture of my family that carried into our relationship. There's a culture that actually I can see the reflection of Don and Cindy and the way that Danielle carries her, herself. I'm, I'm so thankful for, for godly in-laws. 
I, I just, the, the older I get, <laughs> the more I realize how thankful I am uh, for them um, because the culture that they established, even now, the culture in their home was Danielle was growing up, but is, is lasting, right? That's, that culture was infused. That was who she was when she came to the marriage. More than rules, more than laws, more than all of the commands. It was a culture, and that, that's what sustains change. Are you with me? This is the importance of the culture. And so when, when, we, when we do that, even now as parents, they still create culture that we look to and we grab a hold of. It's something that, that is of great in importance. The, the values. So when we look at culture, the number one thing that shifts it is values. And I, and I just really want to call us to creating what we do. Let me look at values for a moment. Values are, are what we do and what we allow, what we teach. Fathers, this, this is really important. When we create, when we're looking at a value-driven family, we need to look at, okay, what I do, every action that I make begins to set in place culture. So if I highly value, I'm just going to take gives my, my uh, children, when talking to them, they said, well, the first thing that you value is God. And then they said, uh, the second is family, and the third is church. And, and so when I look at that, I, I, I want to encourage you, if you say you highly value family, right, that's, that's okay, I want to highly value family. Every time you spend time, energy with them, you're actually concreting that into the culture. What you do will begin to shape the culture of your family. Every time that, if you say you highly value the word, you begin to, to encourage, you begin to shape that family as you begin to give yourself to the word. Are you with me? When we look at behavioral values, if we want to talk about, you know, if we want to create a val, uh, we want to create a house where there's no um, gossiping, right? We want to create a house that's positive. We want to create a house that reflects heaven in the way that it's an encouraging, and that's one of the values that we hold at, at high importance. Every time that we encourage and we uplift, we're actually shifting and changing that value. But every time that we begin to cut down, every time that we begin to talk about somebody negative, although it may make you and that person feel good, you might even have the grounds to do that, you have to know that it's actually impacting that culture of your family, and that will come back. This is, this is one of the things that I, I, I realized really quickly. When I'm having a conversation with somebody in the church, I understand that that conversation, although private, is still shaping the culture of the church. And I want to have a conversation with that person, even if it's in the, in the context of um, just correction or whatever it is. I want to treat them. I want to speak to them like I would like to be spoken to, even if I wasn't in the room. right? Because a lot of our conversations take place about somebody outside of the room. And so if we hold that and say, okay, the conversation that I'm having about this person is actually shaping the culture because pretty soon that person's going to have a conversation with somebody else and that person's going to have a conversation with someone else and it's shaping. So if I begin to be intentional about the culture that I'm, that I'm setting, I'm saying I want to speak in a way that's going to sow kingdom culture seeds and that this, the culture that we hold is going to be unity. 
The culture that we hold is going to be loving. The culture that we hold is going to be respectful. Amen? What we do. Jesus, Jesus said when he came to the word, right, in Matthew 5, and I won't read through it all, but Matthew 17 through 19, he's, he's talking about the value of the commands, values of the words. And he says in verse 19, he goes, Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. He says it's those that, that actually practice them. I, I love the parable when Jesus began to speak ab- about um, the yeast. He goes, when you put the yeast into the, the bread, it's a small amount, but you should begin to mix it in to the whole, the whole batch, the whole dough. It, it, it infiltrates, it shifts that whole dough of bread. Clearly, I'm not a cooker or baker or whatever you do when you're doing bread. But you get the point. It's a little bit, and, and you need that thing in there. I don't even know if it's called kneading, but I've heard that word. Yeah, it's trouble now. But it, it, it comes in and it actually changes what that is. It's the same thing. Every action. Well, I want us to be so intentional about this. Every action begins to shift and change y- your culture individually and the culture of your family and the culture even in the workplace. We hold this going into, we can, we, in Revelation 5, 9, he, he says that you are the kingdom. You, you've been redeemed into the kingdom, right? In Matthew 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount, he goes, I want you to pray for the kingdom of heaven to come into the earth. So here we have these two verses. He goes, begin to pray that the kingdom of heaven will actually be in the earth. And then Revelation 5, 9, he says, but now I've called you the kingdom in the earth. So, so when we look at this reality, we say the way that we act as kings and kingdom who we are actually impacts is bringing forth the kingdom in the earth. So our culture then is a reflection of heaven. It's the kingdom in the earth that other people can experience heaven. Are you with me? If we're the kingdom in the earth, we begin to act out this culture. Even in the workplace, what people do is they begin to experience something different than society, something different than the darkness, and they actually experience the kingdom through you, through how you act, your value, the culture that you hold. And I want to encourage you, in the workplace, that may be one of the most powerful tools that you have is living out the kingdom before your coworkers that they could experience heaven. It's an invitation. It's called a forerunner, leading the kingdom into the earth, finding a resting place for God. How much more for our families? So what we do, our actions shape culture. The second part that Jesus says is teach them what we allow. And we have Lincoln. I used to love this guy. He's like, oh, what's Dan saying? <laughs> Look alert. He, uh, 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 as, as a homeschooled um, family, the only culture they knew was church and our house. That's, that's the culture. You know, they got a little bit of Grandpa Don in them. But they, they, they experienced those two cultures. It was pretty much all action. Everything, everything that we lived out was infused into them. That's all they knew. Now Lincoln, he, he goes into to school and it's a radically different. Lincoln's like, that's a little different than homeschooling. Like the culture there, although I, I'm so appreciative of the culture of our school. I, I love it. But the reality is it's dramatically different 
and should be than the culture of your home or the culture of the church, right? And so now there's a whole set, a whole different set of norms that he's experiencing. And I think this is why it's so important when Jesus said, okay, you act them, you do them, but you also teach them. You, what do you allow and do not allow? And with Lincoln, as he's experiencing a whole different culture, you got to say, well, those things are actually pretty good, Lincoln. Like what you're saying, what you're experiencing, he has a real desire. Lincoln has a real desire from school to begin to, to preach the gospel, to, to get the gospel out to those who are lost. I love listening to Abby Scheffler's message on that and Christina's. But the other reality is there's other things like social media, TV, other you know, influences, school, all of those things that don't have a good culture. And it's in that place we got to say, no, no, that's not part of the kingdom. That's not, we, we have to instruct fathers. And to be able to instruct, you have to know the kingdom. You have to know the word. You say, actually, no, we don't, we don't respond that way. We don't operate that way. That's, that's not the way that Jesus is a reflection into the earth, what he's calling this family to do. Amen? It's what you do, it's what you teach. And we have to be intentional. I want to just close with a, a couple actions for us. And, and Jesus, at the end of his sermon on the mount, he, he said, those that hear these words and do them will be taking their house, which I, I love the term house, because it, it, to me, it's a family. Now, an individual is a house. They're, they're a house for the Lord. So I'm not, I'm not removing that reality. But there's just something about taking the family and saying, I'm planting you on the rock. Th those who hear them and do them be like one building their house on a rock. When the storms come, it can stand. Are you with me? This, this is critical. It's deceptive to hear a message and, and not have action to it. And so here's part of the action that I want us to to create and being intentional about values, a value-driven life, a value-driven uh, home. The first step is determine by your actions what you value. One of the greatest ways to do this is ask the ones around you. Ask the children. If, if it's one thing, and I'm just using this example because it's what we're doing here now. We say we value church. I'm speaking to the choir. We got to go to church. If we value the word, our actions would say that we read the word. If we value family, but don't spend time, energy, and life with them, we really don't value family. Are you with me? This is so imperative because we can be so deceived and said value. Say, no, I love my wife. Well, you don't talk to her. <laughs> you don't spend time with her. <laughs> you don't, you, you're not leading her. But that's not love. Okay. You, oh, you know, I highly value family. But you spend more time in other things than you do with family. So I, I want us to be real about this and come before the Lord and your loved ones. What do you say that I value? If you look at my life, what do my actions declare? Determine, honestly, what your actions say you value, what you hold at high importance. And there's two areas. Personally, your, your personal values, like what, what is it as an individual, even outside of family and work, every area, what is it that you value personally? And the second one is your area of influence. So if you're a father, 
we can ask, okay, what, what, what does it look like as a, as a life, what I value in the family, in the workplace, all of those things. What are, what are, what is our family values? And that's one of the things that we've been working on. As a family, what do we value? And you have, in, in those areas, you, you also have two categories. There's the large ones, what you do. God, church, family, sports, dirt biking. That was one of mine. Right? There's, there's those values. But I, I want to bring it even more personal to behavioral values. When Jesus began to speak that, about this, he said, okay, as, as an individual or even as a family, what, do you guys value meekness, servanthood, gentleness? Our, some of our family values that we, we came up with is what, what we want to value highly is enjoying one another, serving one another, Hattie Mae, listening to one another. All, all of these, these real personal values that's one in, in us, Lincoln's is sharing with one another. McCoy was not yelling. He's, he's homeschooled with Hattie Mae. <laughs> so so you, you have these values. That might have just came from that day. I'm not quite sure what happened there. <laughs> but, but listen, if when you set those before your eyes, when you treasure those, you say, this is the culture that we want to become. We want to serve one another. We want to share with one another. We want to enjoy one another. It actually starts shaping your family, and it's being intentional. We want to value church. We want to value God. We want to value the word. Right? If you look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he talks about the, all of those values. He says he calls us to value giving you know, to one another. He, he talks about valuing uh, prayer and fasting, valuing the word. And then he goes even more personal, value humility. Value meekness, peacemakers, right? There's these realities that he's calling us to reflect the kingdom. And I, and I want to I wanna encourage you, create a list, especially fathers. What are some of the organization? What are some of the, the five values? Just five of them. If you value everything, then, then you won't do any of them. Come up with five values. Do it with your family. I love that, to hear from their hearts. What, what do we as a family want to value? The things that we'll do and the behavioral values. Enjoy, gentle, meekness, humility, those ones. What you see is, is kingdom in the word. You grab what's in the word and godly families. I look at some of the families, I say, man, they're reflecting Christ. And that's so encouraging. I want that value because you can shift your culture. Amen. You're not stuck with the culture that you have right now. If there's something in your culture that you don't like, change your values. Are you with me? If you don't like the culture, beloved, you're not stuck to it. You're not stuck to your, your father's or your grandfather's culture. You're not stuck to any culture. You become a father of God, and he is openly declaring who he is, reflecting who he is, that you could begin to carry that out, and he empowers us to do it. Amen? All we have to do is just begin to change what we treasure and hold. You can do this with parenting. You can do this with marriage. All of those things. You can set these in place. But I want to encourage us five things. And then take the first one and say, this week, we are going after this. The second week, I'm going to add this. And the third one, and do five of them and do them really well. Amen. Let's stand.
that we can have a great vision. I love vision stuff. We can go after all of these things. We can build house of prayers. We can build a large church. We can, we can seem like our family is doing all of the activities of church, but if our culture doesn't reflect the kingdom, it's for nothing. We want people to experience God. We want to be a reflection of God in the earth. Amen? But we have to be intentional. We can't let media shape our culture. So often, I'm, and I, it bothers me so deeply, people say, because it's true that the culture is impacting the church rather than the church impacting the culture. I want to shift this around, especially fathers. You are the lead on this. If you have a family, you are leading them. Engage them in the conversation. Say, what do you value? What is it that you hold at high importance? What do you want to see in this family? And we begin to create that. And we call us forth to it. There's ownership in that. Be intentional. And if you don't like the culture of your family, if there's an area of the culture of your family you don't like, change your values. Father, I, I ask right now. Lord, I, I thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. I thank you that you call us to treasure, to value high realities, spiritual realities that are eternal, that set our, our homes on a rock, a solid foundation for when the storm comes, when darkness comes, it cannot be moved. God, I ask right now that you would empower each one here, whether a family or an individual, to set their eyes on the things that you value that they would shift the very nature of who we are, our very culture. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you would like prayer, our elders...